Listening Dog Media. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Offside Rule We Get It is brought to you by Continental Tyres. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Offside Rule We Get It, supported by Continental Tyres, getting you to the game safely. Episode 25, and I'd like to start this off by welcoming special guest Ali Bender. Hi Ali. Thank you very much, thanks for having me again. I know, special guest again, we love it. Lindsay Hooper joins me by my side as ever. Yes, we say again because we came here, we saw your lovely place, you fed us, you kept us warm, and we thought we're coming back here again. (laughs) Um, And this time, the the ante we got for heaters tonight, totally surprised past yourself tonight Ali we got a dinner thanks very much to the chef who's washing up as we speak let's tuck in shall we let's feast our eyes over the uh, amazing audio treats that are coming up for you on today's podcast well of course we're going to talk transfers we could not Monday last week we're going to milk it for all it's worth (laughs) we would. Uh, So we want to know about phantom transfers, the best transfers that weren't, in other words. We're also going to talk FA Cup as well. The fifth round draw's taken place. I don't want to stick with that fifth round draw. I want to do another one. I want you girls to nominate three teams each and turf three teams out of the FA Cup fifth round draw. And if we can rewrite the rules and this year's run and play. Rewriting the rules. (laughs) We might need a long time. This could be a long one. I hope you're settled in on your journey wherever you're going. Um, So, yeah, we're going to mash up the FA Cup, basically, in the true sense of the word. Uh, What else are we going to talk about? Well, Liverpool have hooked up with Skype in kind of a commercial deal, but it means that you can get Jurgen Klopp emoticons, which I'm very excited about. So I want to talk about when football and social media meets and when it's a success and when it's not a success. You do realise, though, whatever has just happened in terms of emoticons and Liverpool and Jürgen, they're just going to be bigger and better and Pep, aren't they? Yes. Guardiola. It's all going to be about Guardiola. That's true. Shocking news this week that we should mention. But it it isn't so shocking, really. I do feel sorry for Pellegrini, though. The news that Guardiola will be taking over in June and off Pellegrini goes. Certainly, the timing of it, anyway, certainly took a lot of people by surprise, Ali. It saved our transfer deadline day, that's for sure. (laughs) First the John Terry news and then that. But there was nothing happening in terms of of transfers. But yeah, everyone's been talking about how well Pellegrini handled it. I wouldn't feel too sorry for him, but... I I do think he's been very dignified throughout it all. And I I understand why people have felt sorry for him. It must be horrible having your job talked about all the time whilst you're in it. But let's not forget, go back a little bit. He signed a new contract. Now, that will have been a sweetener from Manchester City. He'll have known what was coming for a long time. And they'll have said, look, what we'll do is we'll give you another deal. You get a good payoff. All indications seem to be that he may even be staying in the Premier League for next season. Big Big rumours coming out of Stamford Bridge. That wouldn't shock me if that happened. And in fact, Hayley said to us that she thought that was going to happen a few weeks ago. Mm. So I don't feel completely sorry for him. It wasn't a very nice thing to happen, but I'm sure he'll be okay. And I'm sure his bank balance will be fine. Talking about Chelsea as well, your patch very much, Ali, for those that uh, haven't heard Ali before on this uh, podcast or in fact in her broadcasting career. She's worked for nearly every channel out there. You are a Chelsea fan, though. And of course, the news that John Terry uh, was going to be leaving Chelsea at the end of the season happened at the weekend. Again, I kind of feel a bit sorry for him on this. And I thought it was a very pointed Mm. time to make that statement. It was. I mean, we nobody expected it. It was at the MK Arena, which, by the way, is the weirdest looking football stadium I've ever seen. I was there the mm-hmm. other day. It's this big concrete mass. And even though it was 
patently obvious that it was a football stadium I kind of felt like I had to ask someone is this definitely the stadium <laughs> there's no signage anywhere I asked someone you know is is there going to be a sign or oh yeah we're getting one in February apparently it was very odd looking when you go back you'll now be prepared they've got that lovely retail park I go do the football do a bit of shopping on the way out <laughs> kill a few birds with one stone it's amazing if anyone at final school is listening to this she absolutely doesn't do it before the show begins exactly. Milton Keynes Sorry, is kind of a concrete mass though Ali it is that was where the, the news came out basically John Terry came out of the stadium um, he was heading off to the coach and a couple of journalists stopped him asked him some questions and there boom it came out Chelsea will not be renewing my contract we know what Chelsea are like they only do one-year extensions, don't they, for the over-30s. But it's been so weird, the fact that last season, John Terry played every single Premier League game. Mm. And, you know, he's really a captain leader legend, I had to say it. Go on, Linz. <laughs> She's automatically, by the way, programmed to say captain leader legend as soon as you say John Terry. It just comes automatically out of your mouth, Ali. It's computerised. One of our fellow journalists, Andy Burton, was at the press conference with Gus Hiddink this week. I have to say, Andy... He asked some brilliant questions and this week I thought he surpassed himself again because he really put him on the spot about why the club have come out and said, we don't want to talk about contracts right now until the new manager's in with regards to John Terry. But as he rightly pointed out, but yet you can let Ramirez go and you can bring in other players during the window. Well, surely wouldn't you leave that to the other manager as well? So I thought he was really gruelling and put him on the spot to the point where Gus Hiddink had to just say, you know what, you're right. I haven't really got an answer for you on this. It was interesting watching that all unfold. But I wonder from your point of view, someone who's worked at the club, who knows him very well, what do you think it does say that business has been done? If they really wanted to secure him into a contract, they could have done, couldn't they? Yeah, Lindsay, I heard that press conference today and Gus Hennig ended up saying, you know, the door is always open or something. I think it's a strange one, but it sounds like, I mean, there's stories coming out in the papers today that he's got this amazing offer, John Terry, from the Middle East, you know, lucrative deal. There could be a lot more to it that we know about in the fact that maybe John Terry's been offered a lot of money elsewhere. Chelsea aren't willing to stump up the cash. I think it would be a wise move to keep someone on board like John Terry at the club, coaching, helping young players. I mean, we've seen already what he's done with Gary Cahill, who's become so brilliant at centre-back, and Zuma as well. It almost seems a bit unfair, doesn't it? Well, you've done your job, thank you very much, off you go, even though you helped us to a Premier League title and played every single game. It's, it's a really strange one, but I don't think we've seen the end of this saga somehow. Do you not think, though, if they were going to offer John Terry something behind the scenes, that they should have done it before letting him go? Because is he going to want to return to the club or stay at a club that's effectively said, sorry, John, but we no longer want you? Yeah, but I mean, this happened with Steven Gerrard. I mean, and he's equally a legend for, for Liverpool. And he kind of, you know, rode off into the sunset and basically came back later and sort of said, you know, I'm a bit upset that nobody spoke to me about coaching. I don't think it's the first thing that a club think of because when they're so used to someone, you know, training day in, day out and being a player you don't suddenly switch and think oh this person's going to be a manager I think it takes a little while to sort of see that person in a different role if you like it's a weird one but I mean having spent like you were saying I worked for Chelsea TV for six seven years interviewed John Terry on numerous occasions he's such an amazing captain can I just say that you're putting the onus there on the club and the fact that they haven't offered him a coaching role but actually I think what also might be the case here, a little like Stephen Gerrard, is that they're not ready to give up football yet. They don't want to coach yet. They want to carry on playing. They've got like maybe two more seasons. Has he though? Has he? 
it, it seemed under Rafa Benitez that he was over and out basically because he wasn't getting a look in. And then obviously Mourinho came back and was suddenly playing him every single game. And the fact that because Rafa Benitez was saying that he can't play two games in a week and he can't train and play and everything. And then suddenly you see the season from him where he's been sensational. And when so many of the other players were really below par and John Terry really shone out. So it, it is a tricky one and it could be about money, couldn't it? And let's face it, where he's most likely to go, close your ears, our American friends, but the MLS, not the same level. So I'm sure he'll play for two or three seasons over there. The female take on football. Okay, well, let's leave John Terry there and head into our first topic. And we'll keep this one brief, ladies, uh, because we've had quite a lot to say over John Terry. (laughs) Now, transfer phantoms is where I'm going to go first. We bid the January transfer window goodbye for another year this week. And look, there were some key signings, but there are plenty more that didn't happen. A lot that didn't happen. Uh, So share with us your two favourite phantom signings, please. What was meant to happen but didn't and why? And did either club, the selling club or the buying club, have a lucky escape, perhaps? Ali, I'm going to start with you. Well, I'm going to start with Peter Odenwingy because this one always makes me laugh because a few years ago I was actually at QPR (laughs) when uh, we all remember that very embarrassing. He drove himself down from West Brom to QPR and the deal didn't go ahead because apparently he didn't have permission from his club to leave. And a similar kind of thing has happened again. I mean, not quite. As I was reporting on Transfer Deadline Day, I heard that he was going out on loan to Marseille. And uh, as I read a little bit later, that didn't go through. And I see a photo of him on Twitter smiling, saying, really happy to stay at Stoke for the rest of the (laughs) season. It's a bit awkward. I mean, he's the gift that keeps on giving on transfer deadline day. He's also, in terms of the West Midlands, obviously not a fan. He's always (laughs) trying to escape it, trying to take himself somewhere else. And as a West Midlander, I'm taking great offence. Yeah, no, it's funny, actually, because when I was down there at QPR, his, his car pulled up. I sort of waved at him, you know, will you wind down your window? And he seemed quite happy to give an interview. And there he was saying, I'm, you know, really excited about the prospect of signing for QPR. This was a few windows back, wasn't it? And uh, and suddenly it all went crazy. And the, the chairman of QPR actually came down and made the reporters give a, an apology on screen saying, you know, we didn't tell him to come here. And he's got to go back again. Really awkward. So was it your interview that we see? Every time it's coming to deadline day, this gets wheeled out. Guilty. (laughs) Well, actually, what it was, it was Sky Sports News interview because always they use that. But I stopped the car, got the interview. And then when I was about halfway through my interview, suddenly the Sky Sports reporter realised and came round. Do you know why, though? It's really good. You always should trust the fans because... Everyone was standing out the front of QPR and a couple of the fans said, no, 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 you want to be around the back. This is where they let them in. The fans know the club the best, so listen to the fans. And I managed to get about four exclusive interviews there, thanks to the fans. Oh, Lindsay. I'm going to go with the one that just keeps rearing its ugly head. Every transfer window. We could go back three, I think, to my knowledge, and this name will have been mentioned. Sado Berahino. (laughs) (sighs) Right, what's going to happen? Well, it's a phantom. It's a phantom move that we've thought was going to happen a few times. At the beginning of the window, we thought, were Spurs going to come in for him again? That's the last Mm. transfer window. That's the deal we thought was going to happen. So transpires for this one that it was Newcastle who were the closest to actually signing him. But West Brom refused Refusing to let him go. They're going to keep him on the bench. They're saying he's disruptive. Why not let him go then? I just don't understand. They're saying they want, and this is an asking price, 25 million. How can they keep asking that when they're not playing the player? They're not, they're saying that he has issues. They're saying that publicly. So what team in their right mind are going to come in and say, you know what, here's a player that hasn't been playing very much, has been on the bench, had great potential, but you're saying is a bad influence around the club. 
Why are we going to come in with £25 million? They're going to be waiting a very long time. Um, I have seen flashing up on one of our favourite channels that one of uh, the regular presenters is usually on. She might be on there right now. I have seen it flash up that he is going to hold talks with Jeremy Peace, the chairman of West Brom. But at the moment, it just seems like it's going to be the phantom move that will just keep on going. Might I say, though, in Berahino's defence, I feel he's kept quite tight-lipped. Did you see the tweet that he sent out? Yeah, um, I think it was something like, everybody's waiting for me, the silly boy have you got the tweet there yes spoiled silly boy I think it was yeah exactly good night everyone and it was it was the perfect ending to transfer deadline day he's had his say he's off to bed good night he was basically saying everyone's expecting me to slip up on social media again and it ties in nicely with our last topic that we're going to come to but he didn't I think that's what he was pointing out but worth saying that only Villa have scored fewer goals than West Bromwich Albion so one of the things that I want to say even though everyone knows I'm a Wolves fan I'm not the biggest West Bromwich Albion supporter out there am I but in terms of saying that are they cutting their nose off to spite their face they've got a goal scorer and the proven goal scorer is in the fact that you know he gets played in the FA Cup scored twice against Peterborough and he's been on the bench for a bit as well. So he's shown that he can still score goals. I just think let him go. Let Get the money that you can for him. But don't you, you're going to put this massive price tag on his head and not play him and say that he's disruptive. Then you ask him for quite a lot. Do they need to let their marketing team go as well? Because that's not a very good marketing job, is it? If they're going to say that, that he's disruptive. Slight error there, I think. Um, I'm going to mention the signing link to Liverpool. Well known this one. Alex Teixeira from Shakhtar. Excellent player. And I don't doubt that he would have been great at Liverpool. He's by far and away probably one of two standout players in the league but he's desperate to prove himself outside Ukraine which is fair enough but Shakhtar when you're going to put a 57 million pound price tag (gasps) on a player he's not going to come is he because he's not proven in the big leagues gutting because he would have been great for us great down both flanks could be played as a number 10 as well good in his use of um, drifting into channels making the best use of his play Um, strong combination play as well with teammates I I just think he'd be a great team player and his record 22 goals in just 15 games is badly the kind of record that we'd like for a goal scorer at Liverpool. Thank you very much. So a shame it didn't happen. I mean, Klopp's come out and said to fans, look, please don't be angry with us. It wasn't about what happened at our end. It was about Shakhtar putting a huge valuation on him. And needless to say, Liverpool is still on the lookout for a striker. Any quick other ones to mention, ladies? Well, I was just going to say it was such an underwhelming window that I've actually kind of gone back and sort of revisited another area. And that was the David De Gea to Real Madrid one. Do you remember the whole debacle with Real Madrid where they had to put out a 10 point statement, basically subtly blaming Manchester United? It had a big timeline on it and it basically said that we sent them a contract. They took eight hours to go over it and came back with some minor amendments. So we thought maybe something might happen at some point with the De Gea, Kayla Navas transfer. But again, nothing It was a dull window, wasn't it? That was one that I didn't expect because I feel that he's really changed his tune about Manchester United Mm. and wanting to stay there, wanting to have that new contract. And everything that he's saying makes me think that he'll be in Manchester for a while. And I'm just going to whistle through a couple of mentions. Loic Remy, it was going to be that he was going to go to Leicester City. Must admit, I raised one eyebrow at that because I thought, you know what? Remy could just unsettle things there. What you've got is you've got Vardy and Mares, who've got this lovely link-up. And I think Okazaki shows great promise. I really like him as a player. I don't think he was needed. So I think the fact that that didn't go through isn't the end of the world. I'll also mention Igalo from Watford, Odia Igalo, uh, being linked with Manchester United on deadline day. I thought, is that going to be the deadline day scoop? It didn't happen. And one final one from WSL from the women's game is Liverpool ladies have had the release clause triggered by Arsenal ladies for Azizat Oshawala who was the women's footballer of the year last year they say reluctantly it's been 
been triggered, but yet to go. So watch this space. It might be a phantom transfer. It might end up happening in the women's game. But at the moment, it's yet to be done. Most made-up rumour of the window, by the way, goes to the newspaper who reported that Manchester United were planning a raid on Tottenham. Get this, yeah? Likely? I don't think so. Uh, apparently, they were looking at signing Harry Kane and Deli Alley. Yeah, right. It gets even more extraordinary. Apparently, they're also looking at Spurs fullbacks as well. Yeah, all of them. Great stuff. Thanks to that newspaper for just making up the news. Hi, I'm Paul Merson, and you're listening to the Offside Rule podcast. Okay, let's head to the FA Cup. We're going to rewrite this year's fifth round of the FA Cup, ladies. Forget about the teams that are there already. Well, most of them, anyway. I'm going to ask you each to nominate three teams, create your own little bit of magic here. So decide which teams you want to put into the cup and uh, which you'd like to send out of the cup as well. Maybe you want to go with an unlucky team from an earlier round, a side who could do with the recognition or the cash or just a club that you like. Ali, I'm going to ask you for your three picks. Well, first of all, I'm going to go with Pompey because they lost out to Bournemouth uh, 2-1 it was. Eddie Howard made loads of changes, 10 changes. But they were so dedicated, the fans. They queued apparently for three hours in the rain to get tickets. They've seen their side through so much relegation, points deductions, and they definitely should be praised for the type of football that they play as well. They went 1-0 up. Gary Roberts should have had another. They also had a penalty shout as well. They were incredibly unlucky. And uh, Paul Cook was saying how he was so proud of them because of the way they played played so I think they deserve to go through. I'm going to chip in with the non-league team that got the furthest in this competition Eastley. They went out against Leeds United and this brings in who I'm chucking out so get rid of Leeds. I'm going to bring in Eastley. You know why? Because I feel sorry for them because they got that far and then they're wanting that dream draw. They wanted United at Old Trafford or they want Arsenal at the Emirates and they got Leeds United. So actually now they'll go up against Watford if it was as it was in the draw wouldn't it if they replace Leeds? Sure would. Ali who are you going to boot out so you can put Portsmouth in? All right then Liverpool or West Ham out. Okay, now I am going to ship in Yeovil Town at Manchester United's expense. Sorry, Hayley McQueen, but I'm giving Yeovil credit long after it's due, I have to say. In last season's edition of the FA Cup, they put a tremendous performance in against Manchester United. I thought that they held their head up high or can hold their head up high with that performance. Possibly one of the most cherished memories of recent time for Yeovil supporters. At that time, okay, the club had had a really bad previous year. So 2014, three managers changes and a relegation so with all that heaped on them they gave a cracking performance against Manchester United I'm going to recognize that now some year later Great. So for my second one, I'm going to go Leicester. Okay. Do you remember that Leicester and Spurs played each other three times in about 10 days and a really busy schedule for them. And obviously they're doing so well in the league. Wouldn't it have been amazing if they could get far in the FA Cup as well, potentially do a double? I mean, dreams come true. But the reason I feel sorry for them is because Ranieri, basically, that they had a handball against them and everyone said it was Nathan Dyer and it was ball to hand. He couldn't do anything about it. And I think everyone said that it was a little bit unfair, but I loved the way that Ranieri said, well, it's the referee's decision is final. He didn't moan. He didn't complain. And of course, that's why it went to a replay. And that's why Spurs ended up winning. But if they hadn't gone to a replay, then maybe Leicester would be through to the next round. So Tottenham out, Leicester in for you, Ali Lindsay. 
Well, for recognition purposes, I'm going to bring in Bolton Wanderers because they've been in financial chaos. And finally, the Supporters Trust are mounting their own bid, aren't they, to take over the club? I think there could be positive times ahead. I really hope so. What a big club as well to have gone through what they have and a sign to anyone that no club is safe. We've seen it before and we will see it again. So Bolton Wanderers, just to give them a bit of a lift. And of course, it goes without saying, I'm getting rid of West Brom. Okay, so Bolton in for West Brom. I'm going to bring in Bradford. Yes, that's right. It's only right that we bring in a new ruling for the FA Cup ladies, seeing as we're changing things around a bit. I think the team who wins the giant killer of the FA Cup one season should automatically be shipped into the fifth round the following season. Plaudits go to Bradford because of their performance against Chelsea. They went two goals down to Chelsea and eventually won at Stamford Bridge. No mean feat at all. Okay, I know it's kind of recently become a mean feat, but at that time pretty good for Bradford so out go Chelsea in go Bradford fair enough I'll take that I'm going to add a, just a little funny one um, the beauty of the FA Cup is that anyone can win it 700 teams or so and I've gone for a really crazily named Billingham Synthonia a Teesside club named after fertiliser way back in August in one of the preliminary rounds they drew nil nil at home to a nearby club but then they lost eight nil in the replay so I think they did pretty well to get a nil nil draw for First time round, it's painful to lose 8-0 to a club, so I'll send them through, why not? Who are you shipping out at their expense? I will ship out Watford. Okay, thanks, Ali. I'm going to chip in with my final one before we go to Lindsay. I'm going to put Stoke in just for the sheer balls of signing the most expensive player of the January transfer window this year, Gianelli Imbula. £18.3 million, could rise as well. It takes a lot of big kahunas to do this. Well done, Stoke. They've just gone for it, haven't they? Porto midfielder, meant to be a great player, not really getting the opportunities at Porto. But do you know what? Because Stoke have taken that leap of faith in the player, I'm taking a leap of faith in them. And I'm going to get rid of Arsenal and put Stoke in. Do you know why? For no other reason than Arsenal have won it the last two years running. I don't want to make it third time lucky for them. I'm not that kind. So out go Arsenal, in go Stoke. I've had several conversations with workmen this week. Yes, the renovations continue for any regular listeners (laughs) to the podcast. So yeah, I'm having renovations at the moment and uh, a few builders coming around. I thought this was a fluke, actually. Three were Fulham fans. What What are the chances? Now, I do live in West London, so I suppose the chances are whittled down a little. (laughs) But to have in separate different visits, three different Fulham fans and all of them were just showing really good face about it all. They've had such a dreadful start to the season, but they're really enjoying life. All of them said to me how much they feel positive under Slavisa Jokanovic, who used to be at Watford, um, and feeling like he's going to really turn around their season and turn around Fulham as a football club. They didn't moan when I gave them a little bit of stick as well, because I can do that. (laughs) They were really taking it in good humour. So I'm bringing Fulham in. That's my reward to them. And because you've left me with no other choices, there's (laughs) only one other London team I can take out. We've got to take a London team out for a London team. It leaves me with Crystal Palace. So they're going out. Follow us on Twitter at Offside Rule Pod and like our page on Facebook. Simply type in the Offside Rule We Get In. There's only one of us. All right, ladies. Well, a few weeks ago, Liverpool announced a deal with Skype, who were one of their new partners, something or other. Uh, consequently, you can now download your own Jurgen Klopp emoticon. We, oh, we can't, we can't wait. I love it. I've seen it. It's brilliant. It's so good whoever designed that.
where there have been some classic clangers and moments of genius, and then just downright odd goings-on from players and clubs involving social media and technology. Sometimes it works a treat. Occasionally, it falls down a little bit, doesn't it? So I'd like a few odd or unusual examples. What's worked, what's not, what's been just plain bizarre? Lindsay. One of my favourites, and you can't get him off social media, so just follow him for a while and you'll smile. Uh, Joey Barton. I, I really like him. He was a, a footballer, actually, that before I met him and before I interviewed him, you'd seen all the press and he'd had a bit of a bad reputation and I wasn't thinking that I was going to be very keen at all, but I really like him. I'm not so sure that Thiago Silva does, though. Let's talk about him tweeting about the PSG player. Um, this is when he was at Marseille. So Joey Barton's at Marseille, at Silver PSG. One of his tweets included this. This is so bad. Are you pre-op or post-op? What? Yeah. And he was basically getting at Silver saying that he looked drag and the remarks got him a two-match ban. I don't think it's the last time that he'll get himself into trouble. See, my mum and dad used to say to me, Lindsay, don't open your mouth if it's going to get you in trouble. That's what they used to say. And I'm still listening to that now. (laughs) Okay, how can I put this one without getting into trouble? But honestly, I can't help. I love the Ashley Cole FA tweets, the bunch of twits, I'm going to say. It's a bit naughty, but it does make me giggle because you've got to be so careful. And this is the FA you're dealing with, Ashley Cole. I'll move swiftly on. The other one, this one made me really sad. I don't know if you girls saw this one a couple of weeks back. I felt really sorry for this player. Sergi Guardiola. He'd been signed for Barcelona and basically um, fans went through some of his um, tweets from a couple of years back where he said, Arla Madrid, puta Catalunya. They rescinded his contract and that was it. Can you imagine that? You thought you were about to sign for the biggest club in the world. They've gone through your tweets and that's it. Mm. You must, yeah, sad for him. Um, And Jack Wilshire talking about betting, which I thought was uh, quite funny, but uh, that got him into trouble. He said, uh, worth a cheeky tenner about uh, Emmanuel Fringpom scoring and then said, Frimi nearly got me some money there. Uh, UEFA didn't like that too much and gave him a warning. So there's a few funny ones for you there. Did you know there's a Facebook group, the Anti-Pepsi Facebook group? This group gained over 100,000 followers in one day because of Cristiano Ronaldo. Pepsi decided in their wisdom to release an advert, by all accounts, or a promotional video, where they'd created a voodoo doll version of Cristiano and then, I think, proceeded to stick pins in his head, as you do with voodoo dolls. Uh, The Cristiano fans in Portugal, not happy with this at all, and created this anti-Pepsi group on Facebook. Shows you the power of social media and how that um, advert um, had to um, go down the plug hole, as it were. Another quick one from me. You'll have to work this out, guys. This uh, Brazilian football fan called Lana thought she'd take a picture of herself in a mirror with her new Brazil shirt on bearing her name on the back. She took the selfie with the mirror in the background and decided to tweet it, except for she hadn't looked at what her name had done in the reflection of the mirror. I'll let you work that one out, folks. You might have to rewind just to catch her name again. But yeah, Lindsay, let's finish up with you. Well, Adrian Muto, I'm going to throw into the mix because... I felt for you when you said about your story, about having that dream career and you ruin it in just a moment. Well, I know that he's quite a littered character, but he was actually banned from playing for his country ever again because he posted a picture of his national head coach in Romania comparing him to Mr Bean. (laughs) So he put a picture, he replaced his head with Mr Bean's. But then he was banned. Can you imagine? 
imagine that forever? Never play for your national team ever again. I might need to have a quick look through my Twitter feed and see what I need to delete in that case. <laughs> Crikey. That seems harsh, doesn't it? For anyone who's partial to doing one of those jibber-jab cards, you know when you replace the heads? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We could all get in trouble, couldn't we? I've done loads of those. Sent them to friends on email. (laughs) Oh, dear. I'm going to wrap things up there, ladies, if we're done. Thanks very much for tuning in, folks. Uh, You can check us out at Offside Rule Pod. A very successful transfer deadline day on our feed again this year. Plenty of sarcasm was had, I tell you. The website, offsiderulepodcast.com. You can check out Carly Telford's monthly player column. Plenty of regular features on there as well. The Offside Daily, Five Things We Learnt. And uh, you can also check us out on Facebook, talking of social media the offside rule we will also report back and we may have sore heads still because it's the (laughs) offside rule party this weekend no one knows what we're doing but i do ali i have organized it for the guys i'm yet to let them know exactly what's going on we will fill you in next week ali thanks so much for joining us this week and feeding us as well that was an unexpected bonus pleasure pleasure. (laughs) Uh, we'll let uh, ali get back to her evening her restful evening in. I'm I think staying. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Pudding, pudding. I did bring a camp bed. I'm not sure why. Uh, anyway, thanks very much, folks. Bye for now. Yes! Oh, yes! The Offside Rule We Get It is brought to you by Continental Tyres. Sports Social Podcast Network.